But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. Sir. We will I mean, you don't even have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to rhyme it. Just that's where he just ran down. Everybody, amazing. I'm not gonna remember any of it. That's the way to go. Look at the Rams today and ram it. Now he's like on his feet. How are you guys? Who's house? Wow. Ram Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Rams Brothers, the pod. I'm your host, Dean, and I'm joined by my brother and the other host of this show, Nick. And Nick, we're previewing a 3-6 and six team and a 3-7 and seven team. How are you tonight? Oh, man. Another lackluster team these Rams are probably going to lose to. I hope not. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just, you know, trying to trying to find some hope in these misguided times. When we started talking before the episode started, it seemed that you have a, a very, very angry aura around you. I don't know if it's if it's work related, if it's Rams related, if it's you know, it's just it's life. Right. You now. felt that. You felt that through the screen. I felt it through the screen. And I just, you know, there's a brother to brother connection, you know, maybe just a chance to to get stuff off your mind before we even jump into the episode. Well, Dean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I made an impulse bet going into this Sunday and it's on the Rams. Oh no. And I feel the, after reading over our script and everything and doing research on the saints, I feel worse about the bet and (laughs) it's going to be fun. One thing I do like though, is the Rams game is on at 10 AM here, which is rare. It's always on like one twenty-five. So at least I'll know by one o'clock, you know, you'll I, know your fate and your mood for the whole rest of the day at one o'clock. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to hear. Well, speaking of betting, why don't you tell us about our, our betting sponsor before we All jump right. into, into Nick's picks and the episode for today. Bet online. Basketball is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at bet online. And as your continued source for all sports betting wagering, BetOnline features live bettering, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest, always the easiest to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Well, Nick, you're good at the ad read. Um, the Rams are not so good at football this year. They're a three and six team. They go into New Orleans. They play the Saints, who are three and seven, who have losses to Atlanta. I believe it are wins against Atlanta, Seattle, and um, they shut out the Raiders. And I believe that's it for the entire season. They've gone on three game losing streaks. They've gone on two game losing streaks. There's controversy at the head coach, controversy at the offensive coordinator, a quarterback controversy, which seems to be a weekly thing with them now that Jameis Winston is apparently healthy. Taysom Hill just in the stable, ready to be unleashed at any moment. Um, it's a, equally a dumpster fire as it is for the Rams. I think the Saints, if I'm going to do one thing in this episode, it's going to be try to convince you that your bet was worth placing and that okay. your money is well spent. Because I, I'm seeing things with the Saints, you know, the same way that you see things with the Rams to where 
there's a ton of turmoil just in terms of, of fans and the outlook of the organization and where to take everything next. And I think it's, it's, you know, it's rightfully so because when you look at a team with an offense like the saints, obviously dealing with injuries, but starting with the coach, Dennis Allen, he's been around the league plenty, Nick, this might be a one and done situation. He's 11 and 34 as a head coach so far. If it's not one and done and, and they continue to lose games, I would be incredibly surprised if they didn't switch up the new regime. But they did. It seemed like they had a lot invested in in this guy, Dennis Allen, coming out of losing Sean Payton. And I don't know, Nick, I, I looked at this team originally, and obviously with Dennis Allen being a defensive-minded head coach, maybe it's a potential destination for Raheem Morris. You know, once the season's over, if he can – seems like he has the energy to withstand a, a full rebrand and – has a good relationship with his players. Maybe there's an opportunity to transition there. What are your thoughts? When I look at the Saints and I look at the coaching, um, nothing about it seems like they know what's going on. Um, going into the season, they had Jameis Winston, and now all of a sudden they're thinking Dalton is like the guaranteed guy. Um, they're in cap hell. I don't like any offensive decisions that they make. Uh, it's just continued turmoil. And this is coming from a team that, to my recollection, when they had Drew, Drew Brees, were always relevant, always on top of it. And going into that dome was always a big deal. Mm-hmm. So now you have two really good teams in disarray. Our coach not on the chopping block at all. But right now, if, I mean, if you talk to some Rams fans, they might think the same thing. But it kind of feels like both of these teams – need this win, particularly more the Saints, because they can still win the division if they get hot right now. Yeah, that's true. I feel like the Rams kind of are already out of the division. So I I feel like there's less intensity on the visitor side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, fair point. I, I feel like the Rams equally need a win just for their own sake, right? For players in the locker room, you know, win for Cooper Cup injuries that have happened on the offensive line just obviously just the amount of turmoil that you've had throughout this entire season i think it would be healthy and it's a it's a situation where you're going into a dome where you've recently had success in sean mcveigh's tenure with the rams so maybe there's a a possibility that they somewhat get back on track but the only reason that i say that nick is because this team is nothing extraordinary and it's situational football that i feel like you can go back to coaching and you always kind of harp on this when you are in crucial situations when you're in a third and one, you're in a fourth and one, and you're on the, you're looking at the field and Andy Dalton is still under center. And Andy Dalton is the one that's taking the quarterback sneak. And Taysom Hill has a four touchdown game in his back pocket this season. And he's nowhere to be seen on the field. Like they are as confusing as we are when it comes to just play calling, situational football, complimentary football, and then just like this basic decision-making it's, you know, it's not something that's ideal for either team right now. And it's, like their offense, I mean, it's extraordinarily basic. Like one of the most fundamentally standard offenses in the entire league. If Taysom Hill isn't on the field and Jameis Winston isn't in the mix whatsoever, it's just super basic. Like from a schematic standpoint and a personnel standpoint, they're not going to throw anything at you whatsoever that you haven't seen before. And with no consistency at quarterback and just having 12 interceptions on the entire year between Dalton, Taysom Hill, and Jameis Winston makes me think that this bend-don't-break defense has a possibility to be able to create a turnover and swing this game in favor of the Rams. Yeah, I think Taysom Hill, I for some reason I feel like it's all going to click 
this week. You know, like he's going to get out there and he's going to like rush in for like three touchdowns and all of a sudden they're going to use him the right way. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, a lot of it hopefully doesn't rely on our defense and we can actually see some like fun offensive drives. And I, I don't think their defense is really that scary. So there's a chance where, you know, our defense can get to Andy, Andy Dalton, who is the confirmed starter, mm-hmm. and we can kind of have a little fun out there. And that is why my heart was in that bet originally. Um, <laughs> but the more you say is, is doing the opposite of what you want to do. Cause I'm kind of feel like I like you're kind of giving me the highlight reel a little bit of these saints. Well, you know, part of the job, I'll give you a little bit more of a deep dive too. I mean, you could look throughout the entire offense, Alvin Kamara, he's coming off of a game where he had eight carries for 26 yards and three receptions for 19 yards. One of the better running backs in the entire league, somebody that the Rams had interest in bringing in. The Steelers did a really good job, I feel like, of just having somebody spy him consistently, whether it's a nickel corner or an outside corner or it's an outside linebacker, right? All just having him in your mind at any point is one of the focal points of this offense. And then same with Chris Olave. Like with Alvin Kamara, I remember watching a play against the Steelers, and it was a game that I didn't want to go back and watch. Like that game gave you no reason to want to go back and watch it. It was 20 to 10 in favor of the Steelers. Steelers controlled it most of the first half. Saints tried to come back. Andy Dalton had two interceptions. It wasn't a fun game to watch, but they were specifically, I remember a play where they were in 22 personnel, which is two tight ends and two running backs. And they threw a pass outside of the numbers to Alvin Kamara. And you know that they're going to use him in multiple ways and they're going to put him in different spots in the offense. But that's no different from what another good team would do with with a good player. Right, you're constantly moving him around in the backfield. You line him up as a receiver. He's a good pass catcher. Chris Olave, I feel like, is somebody that you have to be a little bit more worried about. He's the leading rookie in terms of catches and yards. He's got 46 catches for 658 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, Michael Thomas can't get on the field. He's had a toe injury. He's been out for 10 weeks. That's ridiculous. And then Jordan I think that's Henry. more of a I don't want to play for this team. Yep. Game. Yep. Uh, a club. What's his name? Cardarius Tony. No. Oh, you're t- yeah. Cardarius Tony. That was Cardarius Tony. Like a very similar situation where it was like, I don't want to play for the Giants. And then yeah. as soon as he got traded to the Saints or uh, the Chiefs, the guys all on the field and making like huge plays. Um, <laughs> so I, that's what I think the Michael Thomas thing is. Uh, I mean, I think he wants to be on like a contending team, and this is kind of the way he's doing it, which I think sure. is a little pathetic. But the toe injury, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I would think that he's a player that should be, you know, that should have been in the market before the trade deadline happened. Like, and you would have thought they would have kind of sold the farm with even some of their defensive players. But I guess they still feel like because they tried to reorganize everything this year and because they've dealt with so many injuries on both sides of the ball that they're going to keep giving it a run. But like Michael Thomas doesn't want to play for that organization anymore, it seems like. Like Juice Landry was out last week. He could play this week. I, I mean, their receivers are very, very limited. It's more so of their tight end, Juwan Johnson. He led, led the uh, the Saints with five receptions and had a team high. Fourth touchdown receiving of the season last week. And uh, Johnson has touchdown catches in two straight games. And he's one of the four tight ends with at least four touchdown catches in each of the past two seasons. So there's their threat, right? You're going to go Chris Olave, Juwan Johnson, and Alvin Kamara. And I don't see anything else. On the entire roster, it, you know, in, in crunch time, they're going to players that don't have big time receptions, that don't have big time catches. And it's just, you know, that's Andy Dalton. 
you know, making mistakes late in games, thrown for 172 yards and two picks. You know, the third down rate's terrible. They were three for 12 on, on third down against the Steelers. And, you know, a lot of credit to the Steelers. They had a good game plan, but they're not a team that should be winning by 10 points. Like, have you seen a 10-point spread in favor of the Steelers once this year? I know. I, I've, I was so shocked because that was a game I didn't watch, so I kept refreshing my phone. I saw the Saints climb their way back into it, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, they'll take over now. You know, like this game was even money. Uh, the Saints just kind of are like a better run team right now. And then I doubted yeah. Tomlin, and then all of a sudden the Saints are up 10 points, and I'm just like, I don't know. I, I don't understand. Like, there's so many playmakers – on this roster and you're not really doing anything with any of them. Like I think their best bet truly right now is it has to be either Jameis or uh, Tatum or Taysom. If you're a fan, then wouldn't you yeah. rather see those two guys over Dalton on any given Sunday? I don't know how you can legitimately have Dalton out there and think you're going to win. I mean, maybe against this Rams team, you know, they figure it out, but he can't like, oh God, I, I was watching the high, highlights and he, I barely saw him complete a pass. I know. I and mean, he's, just not, he's not a good quarterback. He's no, not even a good backup. This is why I just don't want to see them lose to this team because it, it would be really demoralizing. And I know it's the year after the Super Bowl, but this is, th- this is the team that you have to be right now. And, and you have, like you said, you have the history – over New Orleans where you went in there and they probably still hate us, but you go in there and you win that, that NFC championship game, you know, the Goff's best game ever. And now here we are coming back and we're a completely, completely different team. Well, I mean, and you don't have anything from 2019 on the saints either, right? All the core players from that team are, are either gone or they're, you know, they have Chris players like Chris Olave. I think Kamara is one of the only players that's still left on that roster and Cam Jordan if he was even there at that point. So yeah, a lot of turnover, but it's the kind of the same thing that the Rams are dealing with, even from like an offensive line perspective. Uh, uh, Andreas Pete, you know, he has a tricep injury. He missed last week's game. He's hasn't practiced all week. Didn't practice today. Left tackle James Hurst. He was out with a concussion. Didn't practice today. Isn't practicing all week. He's going to be out. So their entire left side is injured and they have a revolving door on the left side of the offensive line, the same way that we do. So it's, one of those situations where, yeah, it's you know you might not be able to carry over some of that emotion from previous weeks, previous years, but in a situation where this Rams team has lost five of their last six games, I have to think that they're the more desperate team going up against a team that can't even figure out you know what the best decision is at quarterback. A player that you know if we lose to this many backup quarterbacks, you lose to Cooper Rush, you lose to Andy Dalton in the same season. It's only a matter of time until things explode internally. And I don't just don't think that they could afford a loss. They may actually be the more desperate team this week. Well, when it's desperate versus desperate, who's to say really? Yeah. Like I feel like anything can happen. It's, it's two people that are dying to get a piece and will kind of do anything. I just think that the saints being at home are going to bring more energy. Um, like last week, the Rams were home. They they brought zero energy to that game, like none. And the Rams crowd, no offense to, to Rams fans that went to that game, but they were not in it either. And who's to blame them? Because they, they're 
trouncing out a quarterback that shouldn't even be in the league. And you could argue the same thing for Dalton, but these Saints fans have a lot of pride, and they're going to be there, and they're going to be loud, and they hate the Rams. They hate Sean McVay. So you have to give the edge to them. It's why Vegas has them at minus three, but I hope that – I hope that that we can see some stuff on offense without Cooper Cup. I mean, every once we get into our, our offense, you're going to see that everything that we have ran through Cooper Cup. So it's going to be really difficult, even with their defense, which isn't that great, to to kind of put things together. Yeah, their defense is shaky and good transition there, Nick. The Steelers, the Steelers, just in general, this past week recorded 28 first downs against the Saints. That's their um, their most uh, since 2018, week two of 2018. 28 first downs against the Saints. I mean, imagine if this Rams offense comes in here and is able to accomplish half of that, right? I think we would all be somewhat happy. And, you know, who fills into the Cooper Cup role? Is it Van Jefferson? You know, does he step into the slot? Does he run, you know, 80% of Cooper Cup's routes and Robinson runs the other 20? And then the other 80% of his routes are based on what they've been running with him over the past 10 weeks. Do you get Brandon Powell more involved? Do you get Tutu Atwell involved? Ben Skoranek, Lance McCutcheon. Like you have this this rotation of receivers where you have to figure out if two or three of them can legitimately play. You know Allen Robinson can play. Does he necessarily fit into the offense? Maybe not. But you have to figure out if Brandon Powell, Tutu Atwell, Ben Skoranek, Lance McCutcheon, can all four of those guys play professionally in this league for a long period of time? in an offense that gets momentum, that that builds continuity, that starts to click throughout the game. It's just it's hard to evaluate some of these newer players when this offense just has no momentum throughout any game. And so you can't put any points on the board, and it just becomes tougher all the way around. But this defense for the Saints it may allow for some of this stuff to open up. There's a couple of stats here that I'm a little bit weary of, but they should open up enough for this Rams offense to at least put – you know, 300 yards on the on the board and a couple of touchdowns, I would hope at least. I'm hoping to see two things. I'm hoping to see a true Daryl Henderson game, which hmm. I, I know every week everybody's like, well, no, you know, we should divvy up the carries. It seems like, um, you know, we should get everybody more involved. But time and time out, I see the stats and Henderson is leading every single time. And that's who McVay favors. He gets the ball the most. Yep. So just, I mean – Regardless of all the stuff with Cam and where he at, where he's at and where he's not at, and people are like, let's get Williams the ball more so we can see him more next year. It's not what I want. I want Henderson to dominate this game and him to be the exclusive back because I think he's the best guy for the job. Um, and then two, we're going to need somebody that can get the yak that Cup always uh, achieves, that, that beautiful yards after catch. And my guy, Robinson, is not that kind of receiver. No. He's like a get the ball up, come down, and then go down. No, but Van Jefferson could be. Yeah, so I'm hoping, I think it may be a good place where if you're scrimping and scraping and and you're trying to do something in fantasy this week, you could maybe flex Van Jefferson because I think he's going to get a couple couple touchdowns. Um, I like him anytime touchdown scorer this week. Yeah, I also no, like Daryl Henderson too. I think it's a good bet. And you know, yeah. you watch Chris Harris Jr. I watched him a lot against the Steelers, and you've watched him a lot against, you know, and just throughout his career. He's a good player. He'll blitz right off the slot. 
you know, if there's a mistake that they they make and Van Jefferson, there's a vacancy in a zone or Van Jefferson's left one on one with the safety, you know, you might see that exactly. And Chris Harris, he's a gambler. You know, he's when he plays in that nickel role, when he plays in the slot, similar to Jalen Ramsey, he likes to blitz if he's not attacking somebody specifically. So, you know, something to watch in that matchup, I think is going to be a good one. And then like Cam Jordan, too, is such a historically great defensive player for this team. He has 111 sacks, 111 and a half sacks since 2012. It's the second most in the NFL since then. And then Demario Davis. Yeah, Cam Jordan. He's the guy, Nick, that if the season was going the way that we had initially expected it to go and they were, you know, what five five and four at this point or five and three or they were just in a better position where it felt like they could still win the division could still potentially make a playoff push that would be a guy that i would want to fill the vacancy of von miller because he's one of the only guys in the league that has that type of game wrecking ability and has that that level of professionalism and he's a he's a veteran and he's won before and you know all of that that goodness that comes with a player like that, you're, you think eventually they're going to get shipped to a Super Bowl winning team or a team that's of that caliber. Didn't happen this year, but I feel like he's he's one of those two guys on this defense. And then Demario Davis too. He has a tackle for a loss in seven of his past eight games. So as a linebacker, and I think they also have another player. Um, I'm trying to remember what his name is. Let me see if I have him up. Ellis is the guy that came in and is playing for an injured player, and he's been playing really well. So they have enough i think from a defensive perspective to to not necessarily wreck the game but keep the game within the means of it meaning that it's not going to you know th- they're not going to allow 37 points to this rams offense by any means but you know they'll keep stafford on his toes they'll keep this 11th offensive line rotation on its toes because they have the pass rushers to be able to do so and yeah i mean that's <laughs> we have a good gambling godfather of ours who likes to say um the better pass rush will usually win like the big game (laughs) like mainly talking about the super bowl but just in general like if you use that strategy as a gambler you're going to win a lot because if you have a great pass rush the quarterback's not going to be able to get the ball out the running back's not going to be able to run the offensive line isn't going to be able to block anything um and that's what scares me most about this team when I was reading through this before we started was all these, uh, you know, these big DeMarios of the world. They're going to be getting in there and hurting Stafford. And this is somebody that's coming off concussion protocol. Yep. So if he gets hit hard enough in one of these, he's out. Uh-oh. We we see freaking Wolford trouncing back out. And then, you know, the entire season is down the toilet. Not to say that it isn't already because it kind of is, but. You know, it's really not over till it's over. It's about how you finish, right? Yeah. And I, I still I still believe that there are people in that locker room that believe that they can still go far. Well, there should be. I mean, there's so much football left. They have so many weeks of football left to where they if they could string some wins together, they should I mean, you can get back to five hundred and the whole season resets from there. You just have to win three straight. Not an impossible task. No. It, I mean, you got Kansas City coming up. You can drop that one, but you got to win every other game. Yeah, yeah. Kansas City might be tough. Um, yeah, I mean, you're looking at players too. CJ or PJ Williams is a good player, cornerback. He had 11 tackles this past week. David Onyemata, you know, he's he's what three straight games with sacks. 
So, I mean, yeah, you want to keep Stafford as healthy as possible. Like they were missing Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus Main, Peter Werner, and Marcus Davenport against the Steelers. So if those are four guys that can't go in this game, you know, they're missing half of their defense. They're yeah. missing half of their important players, impactful players on defense. And, you, you know, you're going with a lot of backups here. And even in free agency, I was watching the game. Was it uh, Washington and the Eagles this past Monday night? CJ Garner-Johnson, another interception. He's got six on the year. You know, he's a former Saint. Those are players that you can't necessarily afford to get rid of. And in, you know, when it happens, turnover year over year, you lose a guy like that and it impacts your whole team. And that's so somebody are, that came from the um, Sean Payton regime. Where they where where their defenses, no matter what, were strong. So he has that in him, and and you know Cameron Jordan also does too. But these new guys in the that, that are filling the roles in the Saints defense that are that are brand new this year, I don't I, I don't think Saints fans trust them, and I wouldn't trust them. Um, which is why originally I thought that I still think that the Rams could win. Um, there are holes, and they can attack them. Yeah, I mean, you're going to see that that too high shell right there. You're not going to want, uh, you know, you don't want um, Tyron Matthew or PJ Williams or either of those two guys to really be in the mix unless you can get the one-on-one in a situation, which, you know, with the too high shell doesn't necessarily happen. So their back end is strong. You know, PJ Williams and uh, and the Honey Badger are both great players. They have two decent linebackers or edge rushers are okay. And you have Cam Jordan coming around the edge. We talked about him being a great player too. But, I mean, Adebo. There's a new face, Paulson Adebo. I believe he's a backup playing for Lattimore. Not a good player. He's been struggling all year. Altoni Taylor is another guy with a defensive grade of 42.6. Adebo has a grade of 35.7. So you have some legitimate opportunity. Their other edge rusher, Granderson, is having a good year. But, I mean, these are not the same. It's not the same type of Saints defense that you've seen that shut down Tom Brady. You know that ends seasons, that ends dreams, and it's, it's just it's different. Everything's different from year to year. So the stats that I wanted to share with you, Nick, that I thought were important. Please, they're allowing three hundred and twenty-six passing yard, or yards per game total, which is right dead in the middle of the pack. They're only allowing one hundred and ninety-six passing yards per game, which is top five. So one hundred and ninety-six passing yards on average might be difficult for Stafford and the Rams to get there, but. Depends on what kind of offense they roll out in this game. They're allowing 130 rushing yards per game, which is bottom 10 in the league. They're allowing 25 points per game, which puts them in the in the likes of Atlanta, Vegas, the Chargers, the Cardinals, the Browns, and the Lions. So those are the bottom six or seven teams. Rams are right in the middle of the pack to 22. But 25 points per game, 130 rushing yards per game, like this is a blueprint to – control the time of possession, allow them to make mistakes. They had 10 penalties for 74 yards in this past game, you know, get them in, in uncomfortable positions, you know, let the time of possession do its work, do its job. You can run the football efficiently and put yourself in a really good position. This game, just keeping the ball out of the offense's hands and controlling the clock throughout the game. I think there's a legitimate opportunity to, to take one away from the saints and send those, uh, those NOLA fans crying home in Brown paper bags. Yeah, and you know what? Even if they go home, they can watch their Pelicans, who are like one of the greatest basketball teams of the year right now. So <laughs> things aren't too bad in NOLA. I would the just Pels. fully embrace that team. The Pels. What's not to love about the Pels? Oh, my God. They're so good. Nick, I am almost ready for Nick's picks. Uh, Let me I just – I have a couple ahead. questions. A preface. I have a couple questions for you Let's hear about it. the Rams team. 
um, just before we go on the next picks, if that's okay. Fine. Do you legitimately think they have a shot to win three in a row right now, put together some kind of like, you know, package to get us excited? Well, who are the next three games? Saints? Saints, Chiefs, Chiefs Seattle. No. No. No, I'm not. No, no. I haven't seen enough from this team. Even if you get a a win against the Saints, you know, you win the game 27 to 13. I don't think there's enough that they could put together that would lead us to believe that they're going to be Kansas City and Seattle in back to back weeks. Is Kansas City on the road as well? Yeah. Seattle. Kansas City's on the road. Seattle's at home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's going to be really difficult. So, no, I don't think that they find their way back to 500. I think maybe as the season progresses, you know, you got the Raiders down the stretch, you got the Chargers, you got the Broncos. You might have some luck getting back to 500, but I don't think I believe in this team. They haven't given me any reason to believe in them. No, they haven't. And then, and then follow up question if the Saints win, do you think they could make a run? And win three in a row and kind of be on top of the division. No, because I, I just don't think that they're good enough up front. On, I mean, uh, defensively, I think their front is is good enough. Like, I think that they could potentially win games if their offense does what we want the Rams' offense to do, right? Like, the Rams' defense is allowing 22 points per game. But how much of that is on the offense? You know, if you have a high-flying, high-scoring offense with the Saints, and, you know, Taysom Hill has four touchdowns, and Jameis Winston is playing well on all other snaps, and Chris Olave is doing his job, and Jawan Johnson looks good. Alvin Kamara is clicking. Um, yeah, but I mean, like from an outsider perspective, we haven't watched all nine games of the Saints, right? Like, there's no faith to be had in the Rams' offense right now because we've been watching them so closely. But from an outs- outsider's perspective, you would say, well, Allen Robinson and Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers and and Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby, like. You know, they could click at any moment and they could go on a run, but it's just not based on the health of the offensive line, which is what the Saints are dealing with similarly. I don't have faith. No. <laughs> those are exactly both my answers as well to those questions. And I was going to try to retort with you and give you a rebuttal if you were going to be on either on, on the opposite side, but I couldn't even. Couldn't even no, I, I can't. Go. I can't. And the Saints game is not going to give me any type of – if they go out and beat the Saints and then they beat the, the Chiefs, I'll be fully expecting them to beat the, the Seahawks as well. Yeah, yeah. I just think right now, I mean, if I only see this game going two ways, and both ways are kind of scary. One of them just being the Chief, uh, the Saints just blowing us out, and then the other being us blowing out the Saints. I feel like there's no – there's no, like you're, you're going to turn the game on at like 10.30, and it's going to be 14 nothing one of the teams. I just – I. I just kind of feel it in my plums based on how both of us have been playing. So hopefully it's, it's in our way. And I think the Rams are kind of just one game away from if they can get hot, you know, just like present a good portfolio. I think that you can kind of convince yourself that they can go far, but for some reason, maybe it's because I placed the bet. I think it's the Saints that are going to be doing well. It's no, I just feel I, the, I mean I, I feel I, the I pessimism from this year. No, I appreciate the optimism. I think it's necessary, and it's it's definitely. I mean, out of the next three weeks, if you're looking at this game, Kansas City and Seattle, this is the one where you have the faith, right? The coach is not on the same page. The quarterback's not on the same page as Michael Thomas, and there's all this drama and. 
you know, and turmoil. And if they get rid of this coach before the season even ends, you didn't even give him a full season to show that he's a professional head coach. Like there's a lot of, of moving pieces more so that I think are bigger than what the Rams have to deal with right now. So I guess my argument is there's more on the line because what the Rams have shown is that they're already vulnerable in so many spots. Okay. Saints, Saints are like one domino away from completely blowing up the whole organization. One final question. Who gets fired first? Is it Josh McDaniel, Nathaniel Hackett, or Saints coach Dennis Allen? Oh, man. I'm going um, Josh McDaniel. Okay. Good yeah. good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Well, it's tough because Dennis Allen and, and uh, Josh McDaniel are both first-year head coaches. Well, so is Hackett. And so, right. So is Hackett, right. So I guess that's why. Maybe, yeah, that's why. Maybe I, I would parlay all of them into making it through the same year. I don't think I, – I think they're all out by the end of this year. <laughs> I I think what they're doing in, in Denver is a tragedy. But anyway, yeah. I do too. All right. I think I'm ready for next picks. I got that theme song loaded. I think we just have to take a quick commercial break. Why don't you hop, hop right into this ad read, brother? You got it. So Liquid Death, I'm not sure if you've heard of Liquid Death. If you've been listening to Rams Brothers The Pod, you've heard of Liquid Death. But there's a new water brand out there. And uh, if you didn't hear of it yet, you should go into – you know, your local retailer and go out and pick out a tall boy. It really just looks like a mountain spring water. It's available and still sparkling in three flavors. And that's because that's all it is. It's a sparkling spring water. It's a mountain spring water that you can find on the shelf right next to water Gatorade propel. It's liquid death. There's something about drinking water out of a can. To me, it's insanely refreshing. My friends all agree. My family agrees. Sometimes I fool my mother, my grandmother, when I have a can, a big cold can of liquid death, and I take a sip of it, and they're like, you're drinking a beer at 2 o'clock on a Tuesday? No, no, no. It's just a liquid death. Um, go to your like, go get a liquid death at your local Whole Foods, Ralph's, Albertsons, Vons, or 7-Eleven, or find a liquid death at a retailer near you with the store locator tool at www.liquiddeath.com slash LAFB. Here is the promo code. Make sure to type that in buy it, mention us to the uh, the guy who checks you out. Hey, you ever hear of Rams Brothers? No, I haven't. Well, I have a sticker. Here, I'm going to put it right on your cash register so that they can look at our faces all day. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why you suddenly got a Brooklyn accent in there when you said mother and grandmother, but uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes it just happens. I'm just trying to keep it fun. Ah, well, good. Speaking of fun, great transition, Dean. Great transition. Great, thanks. Let's, uh, let's get into Nick's picks. All right, I think I have a song teed Not up. That you don't play the song. Oh, right, right. <laughs> it's not me, it's the producer. Tell the producer. Uh, okay, don't play it yet, producer. So Nick's picks, we're kind of scared of this week. We do not love what we see, so we're encouraging you to go low. But we're hoping the optimism that I had when I placed my Rams bet ticket can fill us into a fun-filled Friday. So let's run into this new theme song, hopefully to cure our Sunday scaries from last week. Producer, that is your cue. Picky's, picky's picks, what are they? We got some <laughs> extra plays now. Picky's, picky picks, I see them, but not sure what to do now. Come on, Nikki pal. I see that you lost the last two weeks, but you're not done yet. 
that's for sure. You got the inside and leave You know we got to prove Jake Reiner wrong to show him that Nick's picks are legit. No bullshit. Now, if you take this picture, you're gonna have yourself a treasure chest filled with zest. This is too good. Here I am. I'm ready and I'm willing. Drop all my money on these picks. Just please don't tell my girlfriend. Oh man, producer, cut, cut, don't play it again. Oh my god, it was a here I am sunny day from Mario Golf that really just set me off. These deep, deep cuts, man. If you know my brother, he is the king of deep cuts, and sunny day from Mario Golf will always be number one. I wrote that line. And I, it took me like 20 minutes to find the clip of Sunny Day saying, here I am. If you ever played the first Mario Golf on Nintendo 64, you know exactly what we're talking about. Yes. So, uh, zoinks. That theme song made it worse, but hopefully Dean's locks can help us get back into the right vibe for Nick's picks. I have to say, the Rams being a three-point underdog on the road against the three and seven team, despite the fact that we've lost five of our last six games, I'm going Rams money line. Rams money line. I appreciate that. I like that. Yep. I'm going with Nick, his OG pick Rams money line. Watch. You'll see the Rams are not in my picks. I don't know what came over me when I placed this, but either (laughs) way, we're going to start off with Eagles at Colts. I was against the Colts last week, but that's before I knew Matty ice was on top of the offense again. Do oh, I think- hold on. I just want to pause. Remember what I told you about the Raiders. What? Oh, yeah. The Colts, man. Jeff Saturday, new coach. I know. Listen, listen. Do I think Jeff Saturday is a good coach? No. Nobody knows. The Colts are a well-run organization. Also, no. But sometimes <laughs> you put an adult in a room with a bunch of kids and they can figure it out. And Matt Ryan is that adult. This is the team that somehow beat the Chiefs. I think they play up to their competition. I also am just zagging everybody who thinks the Eagles are going to bounce back so intensely. Now they're weak and truly beatable. So I think this is the time the Colts can actually pounce. Colts plus six and a half. Do we buy the extra point just to make it Colts plus seven? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Buy the half point. Make it Colts plus seven. Maybe if you wait long enough, I'm sure the line will move by itself. Uh, 21-19. Colts come away with the victory? Is that too crazy to think? Jake, well, so I don't Washington, know. Washington was an 11-point dog against the Eagles at home mm-hmm. in Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, it's not crazy. Colts like, are in Indianapolis. I, Eagles are traveling, coming off of an emotional loss at home on Monday night. Short week. Yeah, short week. I think whenever a big team loses, like the Bills, everybody's on them the following week. They're like, oh, they won't do it again. But then sure enough, you know, Vegas seems to always know the answer, and they mm-hmm. do. So I think Colts plus seven is just a solid pick. Um, and then let's run it into Raiders at Broncos, Dean. Deal. Okay. Broncos money line, Dean. I'm not done on the Broncos. I can't be. I can't do it. I, I, mean, I, any, I other can't. Team, any other team, I would bash you for it. But Broncos over Raiders, yeah, take the money line. Yeah. I mean, did you know that if the Broncos were able to score 18 points, they'd have seven wins this year? I can't give up on this good of a defense. And on the other side – Josh McDaniel sucks. 
Derek Carr is crying because his team is losing. Never felt like a Raider to me, Derek Carr. They're missing so many key players due to injuries. And the Mile High Stadium is my favorite stadium I've ever been to. The crowd there is always rowdy. They, they do this thing where they stomp on the ground and you can like feel it on the field. The whole stadium shakes. It's terrifying, but it's hmm. kind of awesome. And they have a big impact on, on these games. They, I think they're like listed as like the sixth loudest stadium. I'm waiting patiently for Russ to start cooking, and I'm hoping it's this week. Muppet Melvin Gordon going out there, and I'm thinking he's going to score a touchdown for me, and I might put that as just a separate pick, and all will be right in the world. 17-12, Broncos win it. Easy under 41 caches as well. That's going to be added onto the picks. We're not horsing around with these Colts or these Broncos. Not goofing around. No, a couple of things there. Derek Carr. I mean, we're crying and saying that people have to like players have to take sleeping pills or whatever he said to, to put themselves to sleep. The things that like, it was just the weirdest. Yeah. I, I, I never want to bet on that team again. They're not a fun team to root for whatsoever. They're just in turmoil. And also where did Muppet Melvin Gordon come from? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, Second time I heard Muppet Melvin Gordon today. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Uh, also, just a, a little added spice. It's a divisional game, and the Raiders beat them the first time, and uh, I don't feel like they're good enough to beat them again. They'll probably split. The only other time I've ever seen a quarterback even close to crying at a podium was Goff post-Super Bowl, and I felt like that was a little more justified than like a regular season Raiders game. I think Carr will probably go to another team next year, but whatever. Yeah, I'm I'm not a big fan of his. And then we're moving on. Lions at Giants. Speaking of Goff, my Lions are back. Goff is averaging 9.7 yards a throw, passer rating above 110. The running backs are tearing it up. And Dan Campbell won his first road game? Yeah, in two years. Yeah. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Well, everything. Lions defense just allowed Fields to run all over them. So I'm sure Barkley... And Vanilla Vic, a.k.a. Danny Dimes, a.k.a. Danny Phantom, a.k.a. the real Daniel Jones, please stand up. They're probably going to be scoring no problem. That being said, the Lions also seem not to have a problem scoring on anybody. I think it'll be close. I think it'll be high flying. I think it'll be the game of the week. Goff over 1.5 touchdowns. That's a little nice play I might sprinkle on. Maybe parlay that with Melvin Gordon anytime touchdown score. But that's not part of the bet. The bet is going to be a tease. Here's how I think we make this not a sweatable game. You tease Lions to plus nine, and then you tease the over to 39. That way, I feel like you could have a nice, close, relaxing Lions game where you can root for them to win, but not be entirely heartbroken when they fall short. 21 to 30, I think the Lions are going to steal it, but we're going to be smart. Um, so it's going to be a Lions tease plus nine over 39. Hmm. You like that, yeah. don't you? Yeah, I, I, I kind of do. I, I like that. I like you like that. I like that. I, I like that. I, that's I my like favorite that. bet of the week. I love, okay. I love Goff averaging nine point seven yards per throw, right in, within his average, <laughs> right there. You know, no, I think he's closer to like seven and a half or eight. No, he is. Last week he was nine point seven. So ah. That's well, why you know there's lines are three and six. So are the Rams. So if I'm there's no reason for me whatsoever to laugh at the Lions. They're a team that I've wanted to be good for the last couple of years. Have I mean really as a kid, 
yeah. I've always wanted the Lions to be a competing team. I would love to see them, not as much as I would like to see the Rams win the next three, but would love to see the Lions string together two or three more wins to get back to 500. Yeah. And then, so we're just going to run it back real fast. Colts plus six and a half. We're going to move to Colts plus seven. Wait until the game starts because I think the line will move by itself. Hmm. So just wait because I think it'll be Colts plus seven because I think money's coming in on the birds. Uh, Broncos money line under 41 in Raiders Broncos on top of the Broncos money line. Lions plus nine slash over 39, teasing those numbers. So we're adding six to each side. Fair. And then my quick pick is going to be a money line play, and it's the Chargers over the Chiefs. It's Don't shake your head, okay? It's a divisional game. They barely skated by him last time. I think this Chargers team is better than people want to give them credit for, and I think the Chiefs are entirely beatable. I mean, they lost to the, one of their losses – to tie it all together was to the Colts this year. Yeah, I know. and you know what? I'm going to give you six picks, even though I said I hate I hate this week. The sixth pick I'm going to throw in the Rams because I love the underdogs this week. Stafford is playing, so I'm going to run with him and Skoranek. Dear God, what is wrong with me? Somebody take my privileges away. No, Mike I drop. think you went a little you went a little Brooklyn there too, real quick. Don't shake your head. You sound like Sebastian. What are you doing? Oh, dude, I can't stand him. I hate when people come up to me and they're like, actually, no, I can't stand Sebastian. I think he's a funny comedian. I think he's just like a little too much for me sometimes. But people come up to me and they're like, oh, my God, you would love Sebastian Maniscalco. And I'm like, I want him to dial dial it back a couple notches, but I do think he's funny. So That's props. like the one way to to get Nick to not like something. Is what? talk about how how great it is and how much yeah. you like them specifically. Don't tell me how much I'm going to like something because that's going to make me. Nick will take it as personal offense. You don't know me. Yeah, you don't know that I'll like him. Yeah, funny story. Dean told me before I met my now girlfriend that she was going to be great and I'm going to love her, and I was like, mm, I like so. Yeah. Well, that's what that's what every every great relationship starts with is you'll love them now. I don't. Yeah. You know. But it works. Yeah, it works. We've both developed a Brooklyn accent uh, by the end of this episode. I think I have one more thing to show the fans before we go. Nick, are you okay with uh, me pausing the pod for a second and just showing this quick clip? Like and subscribe. Thanks Appreciate for watching, friends. Thanks also, awesome. live score update: seven nothing Vikings. Or, I'm sorry, Titans. <laughs> Derek Henry? Probably not. <laughs> oh, God. You know. All right, guys. Me and Dean are both 5-5 five and five in fantasy, and we both desperately need to win this week. Yep. Like, comment, subscribe to see who makes to the playoffs in our fantasy league. Yes. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we end the episode, I want to do a giveaway. Oh, okay. I want to do a giveaway that Dean's going to pay for where we give away to somebody that likes, comments, and subscribes to this video and our um, and our YouTube channel. We're trying to get the YouTube channel to blow up. Um, yeah, we're going to give away... I don't know what we're going to give away. Dean, what should we give a away? Jersey? A t-shirt? A helmet? A jersey. Oh. Well, big. maybe. You decide. I'll split it with you if it's a jersey. But I was going to give away a Rams brother shirt. But if you want to do a jersey, I'll split it with you. We'll think about it. Okay. 
keep but an yeah, eye out for the next giveaway, Rams fans. Dean will tweet it out. Thanks for watching, guys. I love you all. Appreciate it. Horns up. Let's get a W and Peace. hope that my $300 bet hits. Go Rams. We'll be four and six on Monday. A little better. Peace.